Good evening, everyone. I know mine isn't the voice you may have expected to hear, but welcome to tonight's episode of Global Rollers. I am Smudge. I'll be telling the story for tonight. And tonight's story is titled The Outsider Inn. There is a door. It's not a particularly large door or a particularly dangerous door. Not heavily guarded, not bound by iron. It's a strange golden colored door. It's wide enough for most beings to pass through. With a surface that looks like shifting sand raked in ever-changing patterns. It has a silver handle, keyhole, and it turns up in the weirdest, weirdest places. And as we start tonight's little tale of the door. Hamry, where were you when you saw the door? I was uh, traversing through the forest in the shadow fell and came across it. You did? On the side of a tree. Set between the roots of a tall and blasted blackened trunk, you see the door. I listen at the door. Strangely enough, you would expect it to be silent, but as you get close to the door, there is a pressure. Your ear can't quite touch the surface, but you do hear something beyond the door. The faint, tinny music of some kind of stringed or percussive instrument. Hmm. Uh, I try the handle. The handle turns. I open the door. You open the door, and for a few brief moments, the act of opening the door is all you know. Jessica, where were you when you found the door? Jessica. Sorry. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> you. Not used to the name yet. <laughs> um, where was I? Well, Jessica had just arrived um, briefly before at an inn called the Dangerous Cup Inn uh, somewhere in the Feywild. Uh, and she was heading up to her room, uh, having just come in from the road. So she wanted to put her things away. Um, and as she was heading up, uh, along the corridor, she saw this odd door and it didn't seem to be in the right place when she looked at the other room doors. 
So, out of curiosity, she decided to investigate. She's used to seeing some strange things sometimes in the Feywild, but this was a little, a, a bit extraordinary. Um, she will, similarly to uh, the first person in another realm, she will also listen at the door. She hears the sounds and smells of strange cooking coming from beyond the door. Pots and pans moving, dishes clattering, the sense of some unidentifiable meats being cooked. Well, her stomach is rumbling a bit as um, she had her, her last rations this morning so she is ready for a meal, and but is curious as to why there might be a kitchen upstairs. This is very strange. So she's going to peek in the door. And as you open the door, that is all you know for a moment. All right. Tamara, where were you when you found the door? Tamara was running quick and fast as she could through the mortal plane and happened to see this door just standing in an archway and she just rips it open. Uh, all right. Without a chance to gain any other information, yep. you tumble through the door and that is all you know. <laughs> Pigram. Uh, Pigram was swimming underneath of a large ship. They were part of a, uh, crew that was attacking the ship, um, as pirates. And, uh, given their race, they were assigned to, you know, from underneath. They did not expect to see anything on the other side, other than perhaps some barnacles. Uh, but this door was... There. On the bottom <laughs> of the hole for some reason. Uh, yes. Curious, they go to it and uh, run their nose along the edge, sniffing, and then put their head flat against it to hear. You hear nothing. You smell nothing. However, there is a pull from the door. As though someone is staring at you expectantly. Eyes narrowed, they grasp the handle with their sticky skin and pull. And that is all you know for the moment as we come to Mako. Where um, were you when you found the door? Mako was walking through some very busy streets trying to keep himself... Um, Trying to keep himself together. He, he's got a bundle of supplies and he's kind of weaving and bobbing and weaving. He eventually kind of makes his way into an alleyway, um, hoping to try to find some some refuge. And uh, he kind of looks around and kind of notices a door and we'll check it out. All right. How do you check it out? 
<laughs> he'll kind of touch it, see if it's uh, see if it's locked, and kind of jiggle the handle a little bit. Handle turns smoothly. He'll walk through. And as that is all you know, we now come to where we arrive. You can clearly tell from the moment each of your feet cross the threshold that you are in a very strange place. There is a pressure on the flesh and the mind and the soul simply by being here. Not unbearable, but unpleasant. As though something about your surroundings is extremely wrong. I'm going to post the link in the game night. We'll see about... Oh, that's not it. Never mind. Wrong way. Yeah. I had trouble linking that real quick. But yes, please do. There we go. There's the link to the map. (laughs) Now, as the map loads, um, there is a kitchen towards the bottom right portion of the map. And I would like Jessica to place herself there. Okay. Um, oh. can you bring my, uh, do you have all the tokens or do I need to bring my own token? Oh, in? I distributed the tokens to everyone. So, oh, okay. 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 Cool. Yeah. I've got it then. So actually, um, instead of that, I'm so sorry. I read the wrong section. Everyone needs to place their tokens in the, uh, southernmost portion. The, Southern. uh, most there should be what looks like an entry room. Yeah, red, yeah, yeah, yeah. Reception desk. So please place your tokens wherever you would like in that room. Uh, I'm afraid I don't have a token. Um, I will send it to him. Oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you, Shane. Where are you? There you are. I need my phone. I heard. There we go. I just sent him his. And. I need to bring mine in. There's mine.
Hagen probably has the weirdest transition going from water to air. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, it is very disorienting. We will. That would be really <laughs> strange indeed. So, uh, where are we being placed? The lobby oh. area towards the south of the map. Okay. Should just be able to yeah drag and drop. There we go. So. You arrive somewhere else, and as you feel this sensation and this pressure, you realize that you are not alone. Strange figures that you do not recognize stand around you, each looking as disoriented and out of place as you feel. You're in what appears to be a reception hall of some kind, red carpeted with beautiful paintings and candelabrum across the wall, warmly lit. There is a table with chairs and a couch, a platter of snacks, which a small frog-like being is currently sprawled upon the snacks. Um, I think he's under the table. Oh. On top of it now. That's fine. <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> I'm just poisoning the food. It's fine. <laughs> Behind a... Um, behind a counter to your left, upon which are ledgers and desks, a stool holds a tall, commanding figure of an aged but powerfully built and irritated-looking human male. He scratches at his balding head, mutters under his breath as he turns back to one of the ledgers he is furiously scribbling in. Um, Jessica is going to uh, look confusedly at the other people um, and she will step up to the counter um, and uh, Pardon me, sir, but could you tell me exactly where I am? Are you checking in? Well, I had just checked into an inn, but now I find myself in this place. Uh, where exactly are we? Trespassers don't ask questions. Guests ask questions. Are you checking in? Well, then I guess I'm checking in. Can you tell me what the name? Is? It's Jessica. Do you need a surname as well? No. He writes your full name. And as you're watching, he begins writing several other names that you directly recognize. Oh? All of which you have used or given to people in the past. Oh. 
<laughs> okay. Yeah. Build a couple pages and then looks at you. Stay is one coin of your choosing. You may leave in four hours. She will immediately pull a gold coin out of her backpack. <laughs> and she will pass it across and she'll look at him and she sell, she'll say, I trust I can depend on your discretion. He stops his writing. He raises his eyes to you. For the first time, you see his eyes are two empty sockets in which a blinding white light is briefly visible behind swirling gray smoke. You may depend on nothing until you've completed your stay. Lounge is down the hall to the left. You may while the time there until dinner is served. Next. Well, that was interesting. Uh, she is going to slow start wandering her way toward the lounge. He said lounges which way down, down the hall on the left okay down the hall on the left uh but she's yeah keeping her ears she is sauntering um, after she lifts her pack once more the silver-haired human who jessica was standing beside has slid down the door panting head thunked against the wood while that happened Do you need medical assistance? Um, uh, just train. a minute. Just take Fuck. some deep breaths. It's going to be okay. I, I, I guess I'll go next. Um, Mako will approach the... Uh, um, my name's Mako. M-A-K-O. I assume you know that, though. He begins writing, and you don't even recognize one of the names he puts down. That's... You said guests can ask questions, right? I'm what? not a guest. The names you're writing, what do they mean? They are every name you've ever worn, every name you do not remember, and the true name that lies etched upon your soul since the moment you were created. They are the names in my guest book. I am a Glantis, and that is my task. One coin of your choosing. Uh, okay. Um, he'll take out, he kind of fishes in his coin pouch, and he'll take out uh, an Electrum piece and kind of place it down. Nobody accepts Electrum. 
Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he takes the coin. It vanishes like the previous coin. You may leave in four hours. Dinner will be served in two. You may while your time in the lounge down the hall on the left. Next. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Tamri steps up. Um, checking For in. a moment, he pauses. And he looks up. You see the same eyes that fixed upon the others. Shadowkin. He looks back down. Name. Tamri. He writes your name, among others, on his ledger. Do you have questions like the last, or are you going to make my job easy? I'll make your job easy. I'll go and hang out in the lounge. One coin. Uh, he takes a gold out of his pouch and places it on the counter, slides it towards him. He takes it. Motions. There we go. Thank you, stout yeoman. There is some, another pause. As I toddle off down the corridor. <laughs> Next! Pygram will have fixed themselves from their sprawling position earlier and hops down to the floor, glancing at the one that was sprawled against the door, uh, comes up and kind of pulls himself up just enough where they can peek their little head over the edge of the table. Mm. Pygram. Yes. They One coin. Drop down <laughs> and go into their bag and take out a silver and kind of throw it up over the top of the table for them. As it crests the top of the table, instead of taking the coin a set of tongs appears out of thin air and catches it and slowly sets the silver piece aside on the on the countertop it does not disappear like the others on with you go next gets up from the door walks up uh fishes out a silver holds it out tamara Yes. Thank you. Human weight. Hmm? He reaches. The tongs move the silver piece off to the side. A small vial of cloudy blue liquid is placed on the counter before you. You'll want to hold on to this. Humans don't do well here. Ah. And take it if you need it. Alright. And she will take that. And nod. Have a good day. Hopefully. And as soon as you're all out of my lobby, I will. 
Igram pauses right at that entrance and kind of dwaddles before crossing. No, no, come on, come on. Jessica was kind of waiting just to <laughs> kind of hear all the different names. Um, and then she pushes through the door. Um, what? Oh, I, I mean, I can see what she sees, but is there? Yes. As you enter this larger open space, it's a very different feel. Almost rustic. Aside from far, far removed from the red velvet carpeted and tastefully appointed exterior this area seems homey it is a large expanse filled with tables and chairs and stools couches and cushions with a roaring fire at the north and south end of the building there is a stage immediately to your right as you enter and immediately as you enter your hearing is assailed by the sounds of music coming from a standing instrument. Some may recognize a piano, some may not. At which a tall, slender, human-looking woman is seated, her fingers dancing across the keys. Behind her on the stage, nervous, nervously twisting, bloodied fingers, is a creature that it's hard to place. She looks female in form and appearance, but she looks as though she's a strange cross between some kind of elf or some kind of gnome. She has features from both races and stands nearly seven feet tall. Across the room, beyond the tables, lies a horseshoe-shaped bar. Stocked with bottles and glasses behind, with taps on the counter and glasses. Seated at the bar is a figure that looks as though it is a negative of space. A silhouette of a woman, utterly black and lightless, showing nothing, but moving as though she's totally solid. On one side of the bar is a strange reptilian creature, four to five feet tall, with some of the features of a snake and some of the features of a lizard. Not a recognizable species to any of you. Behind the bar, with four long, slender arms moving unhurriedly through the work of cleaning glasses and stocking shelves, is a tall creature that looks constructed. She has white hair and a humanoid female face, but her body seems to be composed entirely of metal, with whirring gears visible in the joints. Everything is constructed of an unrecognizable but warm and welcoming wood, and a few curious glances come your way as you enter, but no one stops what they're doing to pay any attention to any of you. What is this place? Jessica will glance at uh, Marco. Did I get Marco. that right? Marco. No R. No R. 
Um, uh, Mako. Correct? Yeah, yes, that is correct. Answer your question. I have no idea. But this will teach me to open strange doors. I was just walking through the streets. I, I thought it was. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, let's see what they have to drink here. You also saw a strange door? Yes. Yeah. It seems we all did. It seems we were brought here. I mean, as long as no one's chasing me anymore. Are you being Are you pursued? Well, should we be concerned? I mean, probably I say not. That as if we... uh, well, maybe you're about as strange as I apparently am now. Yeah. The frog just looks at you. Yeah. <laughs> Jessica will approach the bar. It's just a courtroom drama. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the... we'll politely uh, attempt to get the attention of the bartender. The figure behind the bar looks down at you. And it's only then that you realize this is also an impossibly tall creature. Nearly nine feet tall. What can I get you, darling? You have a, a white wine. One moment. A one of the slender manipulating digits on the end of one of her limbs reaches forward and goes as if to touch your forehead. Uh, at first, Jessica's thinking of stepping back, but... <sighs> in for a gold, in for a platinum. And she'll... Stay still so that they can touch her. Okay, go ahead and make me an intelligence saving throw. Okay. First roll, first roll, first roll, first roll! Okay. Um, that is a 16 plus 3. 19. Okay. okay. There is a moment when the cool metal of the fingertip rests upon your forehead, when you feel the odd sensation of thousands of hands rummaging through your mind. Sensations, memories flow and are discarded and tossed to the side, as specifically memories of drink are brought to the surface. A moment later, the hand withdraws and then vanishes as the limb reaches into empty space, seeming to disappear next to her. And a bottle of white wine that you recognize the bottle. It's a bottle you've 
had the last time you drank the beverage is pulled seemingly from thin air. A wine glass is procured from the bar and your drink is poured, the bottle placed next to it. There you are, my dear. The cast? We shall discuss that later. My name is Sue. If you need anything else, just ask. Thank you so much, Sue. I greatly appreciate it. I have a feeling I'm going to need this. And she will pick up the glass and the bottle. <laughs> She's going to head for a table. <laughs> Liquor is... Pardon? Um, pardon me. Sorry. Um, what is this place exactly? Um, the, the, the gentleman at the, uh, at the desk, I suppose, wasn't very um, welcoming. Um, it the... seems you have quite a uh, access to things. The answer comes from the dark silhouette figure at the bar. You don't see any mouth moving, but you hear what appears to be a voice constructed of a thousand different voices blending together in a strange chorus. It's not loud, but it is off-putting. Eglantis is a bit of a fucker, actually. Uh, welcome to the Outsider Inn. You are far from home. I gathered. Why, why exactly are we here? Sue shrugs, which is interesting considering how many arms she has. You found the door, correct? Well, yes, but that doesn't explain why the door was there. The door was there because it was there. Okay, I can tell this is going to be interesting. Thank you. The, the shadowy figure laughs. It is... It is also a disconcerting sound. <sighs> Sorry. Look, Sue can only tell you what Sue can tell you. There are other things at work here. You're in... Oh, hell. The end of everything. The far realm, the far plane. It has lots of different names. This is the place where... Reality is tenuous, and the door appears lots of places. The words of Far Realm, do I know anything about the Far Realm? Make a history check. A history check, okay. Or uh, history, arcana, or religion. I'll allow any of the three. Okay. I think I'll make it arcana, as I am proficient in that. Second rule. 
I got, oh, Jesus Christ, glasses. Uh, uh, that is a 15. You will not say you're an expert in the Far Realm, but you know enough to understand that this is a place of mutable reality where a great many aberrations and strange things come from. A well-appointed bar in a nice, what seems to be tavern or hotel is not what you anticipated when you thought of the farm. Right. Her eyes widen slightly. Um, she has sat down on the chair as the others are, are going, and she's going to uh, uh, set the um, backpack on the floor and uh, use the table as cover to uh, look as though she is rummaging in her backpack, and she will summon her familiar and uh, instruct her to immediately go invisible under the table and keep her eyes peeled. All right. Uh, Tamri wants to cross the room. <laughs> and I assume this is a window seat. Uh, yes, it is. Look out the window and see what he can see. The picture in Game Night that I placed shows the view outside the Outsider Inn. You see a sky filled with strange and maddening stars that seem far too close. And floating rocks around a floating island that this building appears to be on with nothing else but the building, the island, and the strange expanse around you. He'll then sidle up to the bar and just hang out. Sue eyes each person in turn. Is anyone else wanting a drink? Water. Says yes, the frog. Th th that sounds great. Water. A sphere of water materializes in the air above one hand and streams of it are channeled into two glasses, which are placed before the two of you. Thank you. Dicky fingers gratefully wraps around the, the glass, and the water is downed in a one big gulp. <laughs> the shadowy figure taps one finger against the bar to bar surface which sounds like a massive drum roll just from the single touch a glass of an unidentified murky white liquid is placed in front of the figure which begins to nurse the glass sip by sip
coming up from uh, uh, rummaging under the table. Um, Jessica pulls out a uh, deck of cards and she starts laying out solitaire. Okay. Uh, one moment while I roll the percentile. <laughs> Thirty-seven. Uh oh. You begin laying out your cards, um, solitaire, and you look at your passive perception. As you do so, you notice that the suit on each card has changed into a centipede. As you lay the cards out, once enough of them have been laid out, they link together, and there is a twist in the fabric of space in front of you on the tabletop. And a three-foot-long centipede is there. It turns at you and raises its head, jaws clicking angrily. Well, fuck. Okay. Well, what if you do? Great. Oh, wow. <laughs> Would you like me to put the initiative tracker on? Nope, this is map? just you. Oh, just oh. me. Oh, great. Just you. No okay. one else sees this. Oh. Oh, no one else sees this. No, everyone else, anyone else who is looking in your direction sees you laying out cards and then your body tenses. That's all they see. Well, I got a whole six. Okay. All right. Uh, in a smooth motion, the centipede lashes out at you. Uh, what's your armor class? Does 11. a 17. Oh, so a 17 <laughs> hits. Yeah. All right. Uh, as the centipede's fangs bite into your arm... It vanishes, and all of your cards burst into the air and fall down on the table and floor around you. However, you take four points of psychic damage. Okay. Um, I believe... Uh, da, 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 da. Yes, you take four points of psychic damage, and your arm itches slightly. What are you wearing on your arm? Is your arm bare or covered by clothing? Um, she's wearing a uh, a long sleeve blouse, uh, and it's okay. Yeah, she's There's got a long no sleeve mark. blouse on. Yeah, yeah. There's no mark on your sleeve, but your arm beneath the sleeve is itching. She's gonna yank her sleeve up and look at her arm. There is what appears to be a tattooed red centipede currently crawling its way along under your skin. What the hell is this? And she's, yeah, she's looking down at her arm. She's now stood up and she's looking down at her arm. Are you okay? What? No, I'm not. I was playing, I was going to play some cards, and this centipede appeared on the table and bit me. Look at this. And she points to this red centipede thing that's working its way up 
her arm. None of you see anything on her arm. Um, miss, um, we don't see anything. Maka's gonna kind of go around. May I look? I'm, I'm, I'm fairly good at um, the medicine, if you allow me. Yes, please. And she's, but she's narrowing her eyes at this, and she's, she's, yeah, she's gonna take a real good look at this to see what the hell, because she's heard stories of the far realm. It is. A, it appears to be a centipede under the arm, and you go over and you look at her arm. Yeah, um, he kind of like, pardon the touch, man. Um, he kind of like gently, kind of like traces fingers over the, over where she's kind of pointing, and tries to see if there's any particular spots that that kind of, if he sees anything. First of all, okay. Um, you don't. You don't see anything, but as your fingers trace over her arm, you do feel something moving beneath her skin. Suddenly. Make a dexterity saving throw, please, Mako. Yes, sir. Uh, that is 20. Wonderful. Excellent. Uh, you feel extreme pain briefly, Jessica. Take one point of piercing damage. As the centipede bursts out of your arm, leaving a small wound, and lashes out towards Mako. It fails to touch him. He jerks his arm back just in time, and a splatter of red and black ink drops to the ground as the centipede dissolves in midair. You all see the ink. What on earth is going on? I don't know. (laughs) Pagan clutches the tattoo of a rain cloud that's on their chest as if to, like, stay there. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, um, I promised I would take a look, and Mako kind of places a hand over where the the wound was, and uh, there's a soft kind of golden light that kind of emanates from his hand. He's going to spend a key point. He's going to use a hand of healing on... I Yeah... So, Jessica, you feel this warmth kind of enter your body, and you almost feel calms as you heal ten points of hit, uh, ten hit points. Okay. Ooh, nice! So, I am back to full. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah. In, in addition to the physical damage dealt by the centipede tattoo bursting out of your arm, you also feel better about the way that the creature lashed at your psyche. So, it heals all the damage. All right, well, there is a slight chuckle from the shadowy figure at the bar and an almost mocking flurry of notes from the piano. Are there rules here? You seem to know more than we do. And our friend, uh, well, this poor lady just got attacked. What are the (laughs) rules here? Rules? Keep a close grip on your minds, the shadowy figure mutters. Everything can be used against you here. And it won't be used against you by anyone in particular, just the nature of the play. But if you really want to know the rules... (laughs) 
you should go ask Epitome over there. And she motions towards the tall, strange, elfin, gnomish figure standing on the stage. She knows the price. Justice is going to sit down and try and... uh, Are all her cards there? They're all there and they all look completely normal again. Okay, she's going to gather them up and is going to actually go through and count and make sure she's picked them all up. There are five cards missing. Which cards? Hmm? Which cards are missing? Oh, not a specific order. I didn't actually choose. Just five cards missing. Five random cards. There doesn't seem to be a pattern to it. Okay. But she would definitely know, like, the suit and the number and so forth as to which ones are missing. Yes. Okay. She will communicate that with her um, familiar and tell her to keep an eye out, to have a look so she can look under tables and nooks and crannies and so forth to see if she spots them. Okay. Very good. Um, I'll go talk to this person if anyone wants to join me. I think we should at least have some answers. Oh, I doubt me too. Wonderful. Pygram hops behind. Uh, Um, Mako kind of gingerly approaches. As you approach her, the woman who was named Epitome uh, kind of shrinks back a little bit around a chair moving a little bit more towards the pianist but she doesn't Mako kind of raises two hands kind of like like you would like kind of like a scared child Um, we, we mean no harm your your name is Epitome? Is that correct? Names. Names are strange here. Epitome will work as well as any other. The the figure over there, he kind of motions to the, the shadowed figure. Oh, don't talk to the threshold. The threshold lies. Have you? I I hate to ask, um, but have you been here long? Long, <laughs> long. There's no time here. Not after the four hours are up. What does that mean? Are we stuck here? Unless you leave. But the, the individual uh, that greeted us, he said that we only have four hours. What changes after that? You die, or you go home, or you remain. And what happens when we remain? Time starts to not have meaning. Names don't mean what they used to. Just the song. 
you said she was picking at her fingers until uh, and she was bleeding. This, oh yes, this figure is very tall, um, nearly seven feet tall. Her clothes are ragged. Her frame is very slender, uh, almost emaciated. And her fingers, she's picking at the flesh of the fingers of either hand. And the tips are stripped to the bone, and blood coats them back to the knuckles. My, well, one of the people that are here with me, he kind of motions over to Jessica. She was just attacked by something. I know the rules here are kind of vague, but are there things we should not do? Don't play games. Don't play games. Don't okay. play music. Kind of looks over to the piano. The, the, the pianist is the exception. There can only be one song here. Anything else? Make the right choice and leave. Why did you stay? Were you? I assume that all oh. people here have the same decision. Not all. Bottle service made the wrong choice. Epitome made the wrong choice. Mysticula made the wrong choice. The rest are here. Because someone made the choice for them. He kind of looks to the frog and uh, Tamarine. Any other questions? Is the food and drink safe here? Or is that also... Best you'll ever find. Is there a cost? Is there an obligation? There's a cost for everything. Strongest cost to leave. Most costs coin can cover. Other costs. Other things. So to escape, it might not just be coin that we are giving up. Dearest cost is to leave. Hmm. Many ways to pay it, though. Thank you for your time, miss. And he kind of gives a, a deep bow. Not sure but, if this was answered already, but what is the music that's playing? The music is playing from the pianist who is playing the piano. Is it or are you asking her? Is it samba or is it? Uh, as you listen to the piece, 
It's strange. It was almost unnoticeable. Kind of an odd hum of notes in the background. But as you try and listen to it more and more, it seems to fixate your attention. And it doesn't seem like music. There's no harmony. There's no rhythm. It's a, a dissonant set of notes. Almost impossible in their chaos with lack of repeating sounds. I'm going to need you to make a wisdom saving throw, please. Oh, joy. So it's like Dela trying to sing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. 18. Okay. You are able to um, kind of push your attention away from the song before you're, you're drawn too deeply into the music. Um, you feel as though the music itself was itching at the back of your mind, like your thoughts feel sluggish and unpleasant, but you manage to push your attention back to the world around you before your vision and your thoughts are completely clouded. You get the strong impression that paying too close attention to that music is not safe. Um, I'm going to step out and just gather my thoughts together and just, I hope it doesn't, does it come through the door? Uh, it does, but it's easier to bear the further you are away from the piano. Uh, and as you step out, you notice that there is a pure white fog completely obscuring the doors you entered by. Guess it's not time to pay just yet then. Uh, I'll take a couple of minutes and then I'll head back in and put as much space between me and that piano as possible. Mm -hmm. uh, as you head that, as you head that direction, um, the small black-scaled reptilian figure next to the bar turns with a large bottle in his hand and a couple of glasses and raises them in an offering gesture. Um, I say thank you, friend, but um, I'm not thirsty. He clicks and hisses out something in a guttural language. Does anyone speak Draconic? Nope. Uh, let me check something really quick. Um, maybe. I can't remember. <laughs> I think not, but. Um, no, I do not speak dr Draconic. He mutters out a phrase and some hisses and clicks, turns back to the bar, pours two glasses, and drinks them both. 
Marco kind of makes his way over to where Jessica is and kind of looks around. Would you mind if I sit with you, ma'am? Oh, by all means, uh, I appreciate it very much. Your uh, warm touch was very comforting. Uh, she's going to... Uh, <laughs> would you like a glass of this wine? Um, sure. Why not? Uh, pardon me, Sue. Could I get another glass? A glass is resting close at hand next to your bottle. Sue nods. Thank you so much. And she'll pour him a glass and she'll send it over. Where exactly are you from? I'm from quite a large... As you begin to answer, you realize that no sound is coming from your mouth as you try to explain where you're from. That kind of looks very confused. I, I, I can't. I, I, I can't say. I, I, I can't. It, it, it's, it's odd. It's not that I don't want to, it's more like my body refuses. Ah, all right, so no playing any games, no asking any questions to anybody here. That is, I guess, personal information. (sighs) Interesting. Um, well, then I won't bother telling you where I'm from because I have a feeling I won't be able to. It, it's quite all right, Miss. Um, yes. Well, huh, this is quite puzzling. Indeed. I was listening in as you spoke to uh, that person. Epitome, I believe. I do believe that is their name, yeah. Well, I hope we all make the right choice. I don't want to be stuck here. I got things to do. Mm. So do I. The mocking little piano keys trill again. No, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) Mako kind of looks over to the Shattered guy, who's very distant, but he can kind of, you know, hear him a little bit and kind of raises a brow and then turns back to Jessica. And I wonder what we can talk about. Join this little party. <laughs> oh, you're, you're going to move over and join the party? Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> While this is going on uh, at the bar, the shadowy figure has moved closer to the one remaining at the bar. Tamara. Uh. So. You've been through a lot recently. 
you could say that. No need to go into details. You were running for your life, correct? It happens. Then I think it's safe to assume your life has value to you. Just tried to heal somebody. That's all. Good intentions often lead us to dark places. <laughs> well, kind of brushes her hair. Wasn't silver before. <laughs> Interesting. Well, little spellslinger. Two truths I will tell you. Two things have to happen for you all to leave this place. Someone has to die. And that piano has to stop playing. Huh. She nods to you and she moves away. Oh, wait, 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 um, I appreciate your information, and she'll dig in her bag and pull out a little carved wooden horse. Here. The threshold cannot accept your gift. And one shadowy finger reaches out and touches it. And for a moment... Your eyes are struck by one of the most horrific things you've ever seen. The dissolution and utter destruction of all matter. As where the horse was, nothing exists. Not the horse, not the air that had once taken up that place. Not the space that it existed in that area. For a moment, there is nothing. The only time in your entire life you have ever seen pure nothing. The absence of reality and all in the space of a tiny wooden horse. And then the air and reality rushes in to fill the gap. And your eyes are no longer assaulted. You take one psychic damage from seeing this. Okay. Interesting. Mark my words. I shall do so. Thank you. Did we hear the threshold give yeah. that information? Everyone heard the threshold give that information. Even if you didn't hear what Tamara was saying, you all heard the threshold. How delicate does that uh, pianist look? <laughs> <laughs> As you look at the pianist, you begin to pick out details of her appearance. She appears to be a human woman, roughly five feet tall, slender of build, 
wearing a dark black dress. And at first you think she has long fingered black gloves. However, upon closer inspection, you realize that her hands are scaled and taloned, almost lizard or dragon-like in appearance. Her eyes are closed as she played, so you can't see any details of it. And she would not be considered beautiful, but very striking. A pair of tiny horns seem to peek from the black hair at her hairline. Um, does she seem fayish at all? Relying on my class abilities there. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, your class ability. Take a look at that real quick. Uh, go ahead and list the ability real quick. Oh, Blood Hunter has advantages to what? like recall information about Fafiends, undead. They've got advantages on history checks, on uh, investigation. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, you do not get the impression. Survival. Go ahead and make me a roll. Uh, that is a I'm, 10. I'm, okay, I'm going to give you advantage on the roll. Just because. Okay. Of, yeah. That is a 15. Okay. And you, this is a religion check? Or survival? Uh, or, oh. <laughs> uh, if it's survival, then I'll get a plus three. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, basically, <laughs> from what you're able to ascertain, this is not a fey creature. This is not undead. This is not fiendish or celestial. This is not a... You're not sure what she is. She looks human, but she has the scales. Um, and as the more you watch, your eyes are starting to get drawn towards her plane. And you're beginning to pay more attention to what she's playing. And you're going to need to make a wisdom saving throw as you listen to the music. That is not good. <laughs> Six. Ooh. All right. So, uh, all right. That's a D100. <gasps> so, percent all dice. Oh, Oh my gosh. Okay, 73. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So, I am going to... All right. You listen, and you sink, and everything fades. You are unconscious. Uh, anyone who has a passive perception over 10 watches the small figure of Pigram fall prone to the floor instantly. Oh, oh. falls off the table. Just going, Mako oh, 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 oh. is up out of his seat and is like basically running. Yeah, tomorrow we'll get there first. Oh, uh, oh sorry. Grab a hold of Mako's, ha uh, Mako's hand and uh, our arm and say, Try not to concentrate on the piano. Hello, little froggy. Okay, um, let's see. Try. Kind of looks in. Tamarine. Uh, 
Okay. Uh, please, please wake up and cast healing word at first, at first level. Okay. Uh, you heal um, any damage you've taken, Pigram, but you are not awake. Mm -hmm. You are unconscious. Okay. 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 Um. <laughs> let's try. Huh. I don't know. <laughs> Looks up at uh, as, as you get closer. Yeah, I was gonna say as you get closer, Pigram does not look injured at all, just unconscious, laying there. Uh, not okay. Would lesser restoration work, maybe? Mako's gonna take a look at Pigram. Can he okay. ascertain what's going on? All right. Do you touch Pigram at all? No, he's gonna he's gonna kind of look first. Okay, how close do you get? Uh, he kind of crouches down, so I'd say within at least like his head is within like probably two feet of the the creature. Okay, all right, Pigram, roll an attack on Mako as you wake, and above you you see a horrific fiendish shape reaching for you with slavering jaws. I mean, to be fair, Mako doesn't look <laughs> very inviting either. <laughs> so. That is an 11. As okay. I reach out to slap you. With a quick reflex, a gauntleted hand kind of grabs almost forcefully. You, you kind of you see like the kind demeanor of Mako kind of fade a little bit. I wouldn't do that if I were you. Let's be nice. Let's be nice. Okay. I'm not very good at healing yet. Please don't hit as each other. As Mako speaks, Pigram, the vision fades and it's him. Oh. That... Don't change your face. And Pigram kind of backs up if you've let go of his hand. He lets go. Yeah. And then kind of walks back as if nothing happened. Person, so. oh. <laughs> just dragging me along, sure. sure. <laughs> like, oh, my hand a little late. <laughs> okay. Mako sits back the down. Small, the small lizard like figure moves around the bar, offers two glasses and the bottle. To Pigram. Uh, Pigram will get up off the ground from where they were dragged. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, they will they will take a glass from the person that looks most like them <laughs> in the room. The frill, almost like the hood of a cobra, rises and shakes a little, and the figure nods approvingly. You see that there is a clumsily written badge on the vest it's wearing that says bottle service, misspelled in common. And he pours a measure of a harsh smelling grain alcohol into your glass and into his own and raises for a toast. Pike Rimble, raise the glass. He tosses back the drink. Pike Rimble is well. Does it taste better than grog? You taste what 
appears to be strange mix of memories. You remember meals you had with your family. You remember the first time you tasted something sweet when you were a child. You have a memory of being held briefly and comforted. And you gain nine temporary hit points. God, I love to eat flies. <laughs> Are you sure you're okay? Oh, hello. Bottle service offers you a glass. He seems to have a never-ending supply. Oh, um... A trade? And we'll offer a little wooden lizard in exchange for the glass. He holds his hand up as if to ward it off, fakes his head briefly, <sighs> and offers you the glass again. Uh, okay. Uh, sure. What is it with the one in wanting to trade? He shrugs at you, taps the side of his head where his ear hole is, and then mimes speech and shakes his head. You get the impression he doesn't understand a word you're saying. Oh, oh, okay. Um, hmm. Point to the lizard, the little wooden one, points at him, and holds it out again. He holds a hand up and shakes his head. Offers you the glass again. We'll take the glass. As he pours the liquid into your glass, I need you to make a constitution saving throw when the smell hits your uh, nose. Okay. Twenty-three. It does not smell good at all. Like, horrifically bad. Like a rotting flesh and human waste and... Oh, God. The most horrific mishmash of odors you've ever experienced. Frog still looks happy. <laughs> you, you do not notice yep. <laughs> anything of the smell of strong alcohol. Hmm. Kind of raises both red eyebrows up at it. Okay. He pours himself a measure and holds the glass up for a toast. Uh, oh boy. Well. Yeah, okay. Pitches her nose closed, toasts and drinks it. Okay. Uh, I'm going to need you to make a constitution saving throw with disadvantage. Oh, boy. Uh. That'll be uh, 18. Okay. All right. Let me get the dice. Oh, jeez. All right. You take 46 points of poison damage. <laughs> Okay, down. 
All right. You all watch as Tamara pinches her nose shut, downs the beverage, and drops. Instantly, a thick, black, oily smoke is pouring out of every pore on her body. Face changer. Face changer. (laughs) Bottle service sighs and starts rummaging through her pockets. Well, that's interesting. Oh, thanks. That's interesting. He pulls out a small vial that some of you may have noticed or may not have noticed handed to Tamara. (laughs) And he pours it in her mouth. Emory, you come back to consciousness with one hit point. Cool. Uh, not and a human-friendly drink, it seems. You you spend the next couple minutes vomiting everything you've ever eaten. Oh no! <laughs> ever? Or just that day? Just that day. Cool. for a while. Everything she just drank and anything else she'd eaten over the course of the day. It's, it's a so, lot. You're emptying your entire system. You have one hit point and you're emptying your entire system. It's going to take you a few minutes to recover. Yeah. Bottle service holds that small vial in front of your eyes as you're heaving. You recognize the one that Atlantis gave you. He taps it, he shakes his head, drops it, and he walks back towards the bar. Pygarn slings their backpack off their um, back, takes their coin pouch out of it, and kind of like dumps it upside down. There's not much that's in it, and kind of holds it and offers it as a barf bag. (laughs) (laughs) Clarification. Was that the one bottle I was given, or did bottle service have that? It was the one bottle you were given. Okay. He dug it out of your belongings and poured it in your mouth. Okay. Well, humans shouldn't eat or drink here. (laughs) Water for me. As Uh, Mako kind of looks over as he watches this and then looks to the other two, we should consider and he speaks in a low tone what the threshold said and if it's true or not we also should believe what uh we also should take note of what epitome said that threshold always lies that is very true but keep an eye out just in case and i will say uh, um, by the way the door that we came in is behind a thick blanket of fog at this point in time. I think the way out is barred to us. Sounds like a show. Lovely. I think this is a lock-in. Also, uh, there's nothing more outside than five foot of grass and then it's this place floating in, I don't know where. That's good to know. 
Well, um, she's gonna put she's gonna put her cards away. She's she's not pulling them out again. <laughs> but she does kind of like tap her fingers on the table um, as she drinks uh, a bit of her wine. Um, it's really good wine. <laughs> yeah, she remembers she remembers having this particular bottle uh, after a very good night of uh, some gaming. Does it look regular to the rest of us? Yeah. Doesn't seem would to you, be in it. Would you like to try a glass? Or you, uh, you can have a sip of mine if you just want to try it. It's quite good. I'm fine. Why? I don't intend to accept any food and drink in this establishment. That's probably wise. Very much so. It may or may not be the right decision, but that's the one that I've come to. We shall see. Marco kind of like, he almost, like, he kind of runs his hand up his up his arm and kind of picks at what looks like coral-like protrusions kind of on his arm and kind of scratches at them as he kind of looks, especially towards, like, Tamarai, and kind of scratches at them almost nervously. As you're speaking, there's a moment when you see movement out of the corner of your eyes. The pianist stands and walks down and around. She doesn't seem to pay any attention to any of you. She exits out the door, and you see her turn left. After a few moments' time, Epitome does the same thing and follows. Does the music stop? No, the music does not stop. Okay, killing the pianist is not the answer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the pianist stops playing, but the music does not stop. The keys are not moving on that piano anymore. Pickram does not focus on the music. Yeah, not <laughs> focusing on the music, but just it's trying focusing to on the barfing um, one in front of determine her. direction. Okay, I'm going to need you to make me a wisdom check to attempt... Okay. To, to attempt to perceive the music without focusing on it to see if you can determine the source. Uh, I only got a nine on the wisdom check. It's hard to say. It's very hard to say. Okay. You're, you're not able to really separate your mind like that you feel like not paying attention to the music is taking a lot of your mm-hmm. uh, a lot of your willpower uh, as as they kind of sit mako's gonna kind of he, he he's he, he's gonna be active in uh conversation but he's gonna try to 
tap as he adds to kind of sit and wait for supper and this dinner that is to be expected. He's going to try to tap him back into that key that he used. He's going to attempt to try and short rest as they kind of speak throughout the hour. I know it will kind of be loosey-goosey, but he's going to try. Okay. Um, I'll allow it. You're not doing anything strenuous at the moment, so I'll allow it. At the at the bar, the threshold seems to be watching Amara without looking in your direction. It's very difficult to determine what direction uh, an empty space in the rough general outline of a woman is looking in. But you get the distinct impression that you're being watched. It's like, oh, at the, when, when I said, okay, disgusting, gross, not the grossest thing yet. Uh, rubs her own forehead and casts cure wounds. Okay. Uh, that's 14. All right. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. God. This this is fun. Not. Not. Not at all. How about you? Are you having... Uh, you also fell unconscious, yeah? Talking to Pigram. Oh. Um... I was on the floor. And not, yes, I think so. Okay. What did you the, see when you woke up? You came up swinging. The face changer's face was changed. <laughs> Pointing oh. at the blue one. <laughs> okay. Interesting. You. It was... You didn't see that, too? No. Just like we didn't see whatever happened to the other lady. Oh. Mm. They're not a face changer. No. Seems more like illusion magic. Hmm. Music means different things to different people. The threshold mutters. I don't like illusions. Was it illusion? Or did you for a moment perceive a reality where your fellow guest was something else. Face changer. <laughs> Very look of suspicion. <laughs> yeah. Tamara's one eye is electric green and kind of glows for a second. Okay. Yeah. One's ocean blue, the other's electric green, and her eyebrows are red instead of the silver of the rest of her hair. Hmm. You are colorful for your kind. Huh. 
Well, let me tell you, God, being God-touched is not fucking fun. God-touched. Hmm. Or at least that's what they said. Anyway. I like carving wood. And then I can heal people for no reason. None of what you just said came out of your mouth. Oh. Just, just, just what she just, just when uh, Tamara said the last line. Ah. Okay. Uh, Tamri is going to close his eyes and go into a trance momentarily and try to concentrate on shutting the music down. Okay, I'm going to need you to make a wisdom check and you're going into a trance state? Yep. Okay, go ahead and make a wisdom check. Oh, hell, that's 18 again. All right. Um, you are oh, able... Oh, That was a save. Oh, yeah, no, I need just a wisdom, straight oh. wisdom check. Straight up. I don't have any uh, additions to the wisdom, so... It was a 18 roll, so... Okay, flat. yeah. Then uh, what you, you... You seem to be able to push the music to the back of your mind. doesn't seem to be as pressing... And you feel reasonably confident that you can hold it there. Okay, and I'll come back in the room. I get the impression that this place shouldn't exist here. This is, this is some sort of, I don't know if it's magic or what it is, but if you look out the window, it doesn't belong here. So, uh, normal rules are off, I guess. If there are any. Oh, I yeah. say to the table. I don't, like, think don't, any, don't, yeah, I don't think we don't belong here either. But here we are. There's a strange sound from the bar. Takes you a moment to realize what it is. Until you realize it's the sound of a creature that has an emotionless voice and very little chance of living inflection, chuckling through a mechanical larynx. Sue is holding her head in her hands. You will belong here if you stay. You need to leave. How do we do that? Ask the fucking shadow. If I knew, 
I would have left when I had my chance. All right. I'll buy it. Threshold, how do we leave? Someone has to die. That's step one. Can that someone be you? I don't think you can do that. <laughs> I mean, she just said someone. She didn't specify who. I didn't specify. You're right. I suppose I would do as well as any. Did you? But you, the other thing you said was the music has to stop. The piano yeah. has to stop. That's the tricky part. Can we burn it? You may find that stopping the pianist is from playing is a lot harder than smashing her instrument. Can you uh, can you specify one more time specifically? We have to make the music stop, or we have to not hear it, or what exactly? Piano has to stop playing. Piano has to stop playing. Hmm. Now I'm sure you're here for your reasons, but. <laughs> <laughs> you listen to the half mad girl. We're all here for our for reasons, but some of our reasons are not our own. Indeed. You were the one that was put here by someone else. Maybe. Maybe I'm the one who put someone here. Maybe Insight I'm... Insight check. Okay. Go ahead. I'm also going to join in on that insight check. Go ahead. Uh, 23. <sighs> Let me see what mine is. Oh, yeah, I only rolled a three, so that's a ten. Marco, you get the distinct... Uh, Jessica, it's, it's almost impossible for you to read this creature. Mm -hmm. Marco, you get the distinct impression that almost everything the threshold says is mocking you. That even when true words come out of this creature, they are truths offered because it doesn't mean anything for it to tell you the truth. That it would lie or tell the truth solely for whichever would cause it the most amusement. And you told us to talk to Epitome, but... Surprisingly, Epitome told us that you should not be trusted, that you lie. There is wisdom in madness. And how can we trust that you are... Well, I know for a fact you don't have our best interest for us, but 
How do we know that the words you speak about us escaping are true? Because I want you to kill someone. And I want you to stop the music. Who do you want us to kill? Well, that <laughs> doesn't fucking matter to me. <laughs> and it's no fun if I lead you to it. But obviously people have tried to stop the music, I assume, yes? It usually turned out badly. But you have to pay the price to leave. Pity me you said that too. What is the price? Aside from one of us dying, assumably. Blood is always the price. Someone has to die for that door to open again. You adore too. <clears throat> you want to open me and find out? Pygram licks their eyeball. <laughs> Maybe later. Good night. Someone has to die, but we don't necessarily have to kill each other, do we? Someone has to die for the door to open. Can we say die willingly? Um, if I were to announce I, you know, wish to be the one, would that count, or does someone have to stab a blade through my chest? An existence must end. A consciousness must be destroyed. A being must cease functioning in its mortal existence and move on to a different plane or unto oblivion. Something must stop living. And will the people here interfere with that? Or do you wish to be free as well? Do you really think you could free me? I'm vague. Are you going to be my knight? There's a part of me that wishes that every soul here could be freed. But I believe that is a naive goal. A bargain, then. Vow that you will free me, and in return I will give you three straight answers that will lead you to your goal. How do I know that you can be freed? You seem to be a being of incorporeal Math. It would take me longer than the lifespan of a star to explain to you what I am. I have a question. Would you be able I... to tell us how to free you? 
If that's one of the questions you ask when you make the vow, yes. And if more than one person makes the vow, is that three truths per person? Clever bargain. No. I only have so much truth in me. Dinner bells ring soon. Make your choice. What happens if we break the vow? I eat you. Remember what happened to your little gift? Oh, so you did sort of keep it. No. I made, I unmade it. You could have eaten it instead. I unmake things. It doesn't, it didn't exist. The act of carving it didn't exist. The steel on the tools you used to craft it was replaced upon their edges. The wood that it came from never existed. I unmade what you tried to give me. And if you vow to me and break that vow, I will do the same to you. You will have never existed. Your parents will never have bore you. Everything you touched and everything you tried to do in your entire life will be negated absolutely, and the memory of you will be as mist upon the waves. Agram holds up the barf bag. Can I just throw this through your body and it'll just go away? Care to find out? They hop over to her. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, all right. And at that moment, three chimes ring in the air. <laughs> and Eglantis, the doorman's voice, comes out of the air. Dinner will be served at the third bell. Make your way to the dining room. Hmm. One bell rings. All right, all right. Yeah, Jessica will rise with... Sling the backpack over her shoulder, take the bottle, the glass, and gentlemen. Uh, Mako will stand and nod and let us have dinner. Are you coming, Threshold? You know where I am if you need me. Hikram looks up at Sue. They seem to be less interested in this than I. Do you have somewhere this can be? Sue reaches out and takes the bag from your hand and it vanishes into thin air next to her. Thanks. 
Enjoy your meal, Sue says, and she buries her face in her hands again. And as people enter the dining room, you More see pianos. behind a larger piano, the pianist is playing. The room is sumptuously appointed, much different from the bar. At one table sits bottle service with Atlantis, the two of them sharing a bottle between them. At another table next to the piano, Epitome sits, her chair turned with its back to the table as she stares at the pianist. And along the back end of the room, next to a set of doors that leads outside, is what appears to be a mass of incredibly long tentacles. Hundreds of them writhing around each other and snaking back through the door, which the smells and sounds seems to be a kitchen. From the tentacles rises a waist to a humanoid torso clad in a glittering green gown with a high upturned black hairdo and a beautiful human woman's face with eyes of pure white and two humanoid arms that are currently holding a stack of menus. And as we sit and come into the dining room, we're going to take our break. Welcome back. Um, when last we, last we left our guests, uh, they had filed into the dining room. And as the third bell chimes, they find a new person standing before them, holding abrasive menus in her arms with tentacles writhing and leading back through the door to the south that leads into what appears to be a kitchen. A roaring fire in the hearth. An outdoor patio can be seen beyond the glass doors outside, which also gives a staggering view of the twisted and alien sky that uh, one of their number had previously seen outside the window. And as everyone takes their seats, tentacles reach forth and place a menu in front of each person. What do we see on the menu? A single phrase in your native language. Menu. Whatever the fuck I give you. Well, that certainly makes things easy. And she lays it to the side. The menu is collected, and there's a nod from the tall, tentacled figure at the back of the room. The Grung thanks her in Grung, assuming that she can speak Grung, so she gave them a menu in their language. She turns to you. Her mouth shifts and 
opens into a series of mandibles and chelicerae and reshapes itself before speaking in perfect grung. You are most welcome. Dinner will be served presently. That seems handy. In common. Much more interesting than humans. You have no idea. I am Mysticula. I am the chef. I am the caretaker. I am preparing your meals. Be patient. Talk amongst yourselves. If you have need of anything, I am here. We thank you. A nod. It's been a while since Pygrim has heard their native tongue, and so they are actually quite happy, and they're staring out the window into the void. Okay. All right, there's that timer set. Oh gosh, that's <laughs> <laughs> Count down until we just all explode, guys. It's okay. <laughs> no, these are just timers for me to keep things series of events. Taking our long. Uh, I'm going to take a little wander around here and have a look at what this is. Uh,. That appears to be a sidebar upon which are several glasses and underneath are a series of well-maintained bottles, each holding a different colored uh, liquid. Okay, and I shall scoot back here into the shadows. I thought it might have been a bookshelf with how to get the fuck out of this inn. That would be nice. (laughs) Oh, I was here all the time. (laughs) Exit to your left. So, Jessica. Three times. Uh, Yes. Uh, Tamara? Yes. Um, What do you think of our offer? I'm going to be honest, I didn't hear all of the offer. I was looking something up on my character sheet to see uh, what exactly was the offer. The offer that the Threshold gave was that if you made a vow to the Threshold to free them, that they would provide you with three honest answers to three questions you asked. It was also implied that if you tried to double-cross them, you would be erased from existence. I don't think we should trust the threshold. You're across the room. What? (laughs) (laughs) Did you mean to sit at our table? (laughs) 
They're all sitting in you are, corners. I was gonna say you wow. are all kind of spread out. So <laughs> I don't know these guys. Ignore <laughs> me then. No amphibians. <laughs> They're all the same. Pretty much, Grung are racist. The Grung enslave humans and such. <laughs> oh boy. Um, in response to Tamara. I don't trust easily. And I'm finding it hard to get a gauge of that individual as to how honest they are. Oh. And yeah. the truths that they provide uh <sighs> That could be tricky. She could just as easily trick with responses and still maintain her end of the bargain. And how do we know she's supposed to be released from here? Maybe she was put here for a reason. True. I don't know. Uh, Michael, yeah. Would you, would you like to come over and join us, and we can, instead of shouting over the room? Just one moment. Uh, Michael kind of stands and will actually kind of politely walk over to Epitome and kind of give another bow. She does recoil slightly, but she almost seems to recognize you and stops herself from darting away. Apologies. Um, do you remember what we spoke of earlier? Loaded question. Remembering is... Yes? You said not to trust um, the words that the Threshold spoke. The Threshold lies. It, it did not seem to care if it was lying or telling the truth, but it did say that we could escape this under two conditions. Do you know anything about this? Someone has to die. Someone always has to die to open the door. And that is true. And she has to let you leave. Looks over to Mysticula, like where Mysticula was standing. Mysticula's still standing there. She hasn't left. Not her. It's the threshold. No. Who? She starts to sway and hum. Who needs to let us three? Three. There is a rhythm behind the world. 
sometimes it has a mind, sometimes the notes sound like thoughts. So this rhythm needs to set a string? <laughs> It's always more complicated than that. I appreciate your time, Epitome. You seem nice. I hope you find your way. Although I'd like you to stay, it wouldn't be good for either of us. What makes you say that? You don't want to be like me. You seem so joyous, though. Joy and sorrow, pain and pleasure, fear and comfort. The notes bring out all of it. The song is different. Every time a new ear opens. He nods and kind of looks around and kind of tips his head and, and thanks and then we'll kind of walk over to the, the, the majority of the, the other guests that he's been speaking with. Quite a complex puzzle. Well, the second bell rings. And it will be served soon. Clarion hops out of their chair and goes over to Atlantis. The curmudgeonly old man looks down, reaches into his belt and pulls out a small collapsing metal cup. He pours a, a bit from the bottle that he and bottle service are passing back and forth and sets it in front of you. Pick, reaches up and picks it up and holds it up like cheersing. You notice as you lift the cup that what was poured from the liquor bottle was just water. Atlantis looks down at you and you see a single slow wink. Keep your wits about you for this part. 
interesting. He then proceeds to continue pretending to get drunk with bottle service. <laughs> Pygram will ask uh, softly, um, what would have happened if we hadn't paid to be guests? You'd have been shunted out the door. Hard to breathe out there. Yes, that seems true. Okay. Thanks. And seeing how people are gathering over, they will I'll come and join the group. The moment that all five of you are gathered together on one side of the room, there is a change in the timber of the music. presses less harshly on your consciousness and almost seems to find a slight order amid its chaotic notes. Huh. Mm. We sit in each other's laps, will it be less <laughs> annoying? <laughs> <laughs> That's after dinner games. <laughs> Does it look like uh, we could arrange this table to fit five that yes. we're sitting at? You could easily move chairs over. The chairs move freely. Gentlemen, about you bring one of the uh, uh, chairs and place settings over here, and all five of us try sitting at the same table. That's an interesting idea. Uh -huh. Certainly. I will hop down quickly, take this seat, and and move it around, yeah, glancing towards the fireplace. Yeah. It looks like obviously like they just don't want to be near the fire. I'll yeah. uh, grab a chair and pull it back down there. Rearrange all the crockery and shit. Yeah, we'll just assume that the plates are all rearranged. Oh, actually, no. Uh, that's <laughs> fine. As you all sit at the table together, the air grows dill. You look around the room and the writhing of the tentacles of Mysticula has ceased. Atlantis is paused with glass raised, a trickle of liquid frozen in the air on its way to his lips. Epitome stands from her chair, frozen in the act of taking a step 
And as you watch, you realize the music has ceased. Well, I'll be damned. Slowly from behind the piano, the pianist stands. The only spot of movement in this room. She walks slowly around and sits on the edge of the piano, kicking bare feet that are scaled and taloned like her hands, gently as she sits and watches you, a tiny smile playing about her lips. I think we're supposed to kill somebody first. I mean... Do you? Wondered if you could talk. I did want Correct. to ask. Are you like me? Hmm. I was once something much different. I have had many bodies over the years. You can perhaps call me guardian of sorts. Guardian? Of what exactly? I am a lock on a door. Ah. Was Threshold honest about someone having to die? Yes. Something has to die here for you to leave and return to your own worlds. Something or someone? Semantics. A life has to end. Does ending it set it free? No. Ending it... slows the time it will take for it to become free. Gives us all a bit longer to play our parts and dance. You. I'm sorry, but are the others here like Epitome and Sue? Did they die and are stuck here? They answered the question wrong. What question is that? Who has to die? Ah. Maybe they chose themselves. Some. Others murdered their friends or strangers. What about you? I was here first. Are you a vessel of this rhythm? I am the lock. Will you be here last? Unless I'm broken. 
have people tried to kill you? <sighs> More times than I can remember. Some succeeded. If you are a lock, do we need a key? That would be inadvisable. Can't answer. Right. I can't answer all your questions directly. There are rules, but will in the you, will you be the one to ask who needs to die? You can ask, but I cannot answer. <clears throat> so there is a correct answer. Yeah, there is. We have been here before. But mm -hmm. the answer is changing, I imagine. Or is it one singular answer that's been here? I'm, I'm sorry, little, little creature. Did you just say you've been here before? Me? Yes. No, I, I, I asked how many have been here before. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I apologize. All the ones who you see here answered wrong. Hundreds have answered correctly, but they all failed. And, well, they didn't get to go home. Even the cook and Atlantis? <laughs> they killed each other. Now they're just an echo. I don't suppose you can tell us more other than what you've already had. It sounds very cryptic and we have to decide for ourselves, I imagine. Have you one, do. One last question. I am here as long as you need. But when this when your questions are done, this space between time will end, and I must continue the song. Hmm. I don't suppose you can answer this, but are we killing an echo? No. Because the echo is part of the song and the song has been echoing on and on since the first sound in his existence does this count as stopping the music how you find the answer it's the yes. first time you've all stood together and you'll need to stand together the others didn't, even the ones who found the right answer, and because they didn't stand together, they failed. Is Threshold an echo? No. 
she looks significantly at everybody else around the table. Tamara just smiles. If all existence is an echo, what else is left? Nothing but the void. Hmm. Out of curiosity. Hmm. You wouldn't happen to know if a threshold has a particular vulnerability. <laughs> I well, thought I would ask, just in case. You're not the first to ask. I know what needs to be done. It's how I locked the door. But I can't tell you what might help. I'm sorry. Only Why? Why? Why do you lock the door? Why all this? There was a song that started when everything was one. And it never ended. It's not good for all of you and your worlds and your reality. It's not good for ordered lives. But I'm a part of it now. So I put it away. And you can all dance the simple song. The gentle echoes. Does the person that has to die doesn't have to be out of us, or is that too much to ask? That answer is close to hand. I can't answer anyway. He looks at the group and kind of... This must have an answer, but I don't think we're going to get any, but something changed when we sat together. I yes, we we need to work together, Mako. I, 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 I think I have sorted that one out. Uh, I have a, a question. You're a lock. Are you yeah. here to keep Threshold from escaping? Some doors shouldn't be open. So we lock them. 
because what lies beyond the threshold of the door is worse. Right. The song can't end. The song can't end, and how do we go home? They never said end it. They said make it stop. It is stopped now hmm. for but a brief moment. I think you can find the answer. Let's hope. Let's hope. The last thing I can offer you is this. There's always more mystery to be gained from risk. I hope that that is of some use to you. Enjoy dinner. Just eat quick. And she walks back around the piano. Jessica is going to speak low. All but a threshold are but an echo and will not count toward a death. I think I know who we're supposed to kill. How do you and kill we something are supposed that's... to stand together? Or do I try? Don't let her touch you. Maybe that is the... Maybe that is the, the riddle. We choose to die... together. Instead of... dying separate. Well, those in the past who may have thought it had to be one of them, and fought each other, well, that didn't work, obviously. Not for all, at least. But Threshold is not dead, and others have succeeded. So I don't see how killing Threshold is the answer either. What she said was they answered the question correctly as to who needed to die. Well, not necessarily actually executing. Correct. So that begs the question: What do we, what do we do next? Yeah. I've been suspicious of that black figure in the bar, and the fact that she has not come in here. You might not be able to eat. Is everybody's... Oh. Mm. 
let's all go through to the bar and see if Threshold is let's eat paused. first. We should wait for the food. Be polite. She did Moments. recommend that we eat, and we eat quickly. The so. moment you all begin speaking of eating, the air moves. Time returns. And the dinner bell rings. As the pianist's hands drop to the keys once more, and a haunting melodic music begins to fill the air. Tentacles emerge from the kitchen, carrying platters of food. And before each of you are placed, the most enjoyable meal you can ever remember having. Recreated to perfection. Well, Tamara's going to sniff it first. <laughs> Seeing as this might could be our last meal, I think we should enjoy it. Indeed. Tomorrow it smells great. <laughs> She's going to eat a yeah. tiny little piece. Jessica's just is going to put her napkin in her lap and she is going to, uh, like a lady, uh, <laughs> begin to process her meal. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> Tomorrow's going to eat a tiny little piece first, and then wait. Tastes fantastic. After like 30 seconds, she'll actually eat it. <laughs> With each bite, um, you are remembering the last time you had this dish. You're remembering who you had it with. You're remembering the emotions that you felt at that time. And there is a sense of longing as you remember what's waiting for you if you make it home. And what you're giving up if you don't go. Igram snaps one of the wings from the wine brace, starts off, and is just going down, enjoying every <laughs> second of it. <laughs> Jessica is uh, delicately cutting off a section of her filet mignon. As you're eating, you don't notice when, but at some point, Aglantis and Bottle Service have left the room. Mysticula has sat at the table with Epitome, and all of her tentacles seem to have retracted into shortened themselves so that they appear to be just a skirt under the table. Epitome is turned around and the two of them are eating uh, a meal that is hazy and difficult to see but they seem to be enjoying it. Well, as Mako kind of eats, kind of is there, like, I assume there's wine, like, glasses of some sort? Mm-hmm. 
The drinks raise- provided with the meal were all your most favored beverages. He kind of raises a, a glass of water to the group and says, Whatever happens. Cheers. Cheers. Yes. Yes. Cheers. And I raise a glass and drink. And I get stuck into my steak. The meal was good. You eat. There comes a time when you've eaten enough. And your plates vanish from the table as you finish. I I will say that uh, those who act first have advantage in a situation. Do you think we should barge him and just be cautious what we say? Hmm. Uh, excuse me, a moment, and tomorrow we'll get up and rummage in her bag as she walks over to the pianist and sets a painted silver painted dragon on the edge of the piano and then just walks back and sits back down. There is a minor skip in the notes and a small black scaled hand reaches up lightly touches the figure And she goes back to her playing. She liked your offering. Well, she's a dragon, and I guess I kind of am. Which probably doesn't make it out. (laughs) She just kind of shrugs her shoulders and trails off. The frog is looking at you very doubtfully. (laughs) (laughs) Marco kind of looks to Jessica well you seem to have an idea follow your lead I think if we concentrate and maybe this is where groups in the past have failed, is that they fought each other. I could be wrong, but... Let's just say I got the impression. Um, And if I need to make an insight check on this to see if... The pianist seems to have uh, a sense of malice toward Threshold. Go ahead. Okay. 
using. Okay, it's a 17 plus. Seven, twenty-four. Okay. Um, it was less a sense of malice. And obviously the pianist was not speaking in perfectly clear terms, but you get the impression that when she spoke of threshold or referenced threshold or inferred threshold, that it was not malice, but a firm opposition. That's, yeah. Let's just say, I don't think they're friendly. I, I think you, um, you have the right idea. And I believe that we will be successful if you... If we do, as you say. Well, we have to pick someone, and I don't really want to pick any of you. Um, but I just have a bad feeling about that uh, creature. Kind of looks to the group. Maybe. Does anyone have than... objections? Maybe it's more than just figuratively standing together. That we have to actually stand together because that's when the piano stopped. Maybe there's a strength in that. If we spread out, maybe it might weaken it. So we stay close. And I'll sit in your lap. There can be risk to that as well, depending on what they can do, but it did seem to matter that we all stayed close together. Indeed. It's the only time anything changed in this place, other than to the detriment of us. I can... Is everyone ready? Yeah. If we do get hit, I can try to keep you up as long as she doesn't disintegrate you on a touch. Yeah. Um, I think we have to have confidence in our decision. Does anyone have any objections before we go? Not me. No objection for me. No. No, I. All right. Seems that decision has been has been made. He kind of looks to the background. Are you content with this? Wrong. Yes. Uh, are you happy with this uh, decision? 
I guess so. I don't have any better ideas myself. Can All you? Right. I don't think well, anybody else has got any ideas, so no. let's go with that one. All right. What may come? What may? Let's do it. Indeed. Mako kind of stands. Shall we? Yeah, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Heading back to the bar. Okay. Still missed at the door? Yes. Nothing has changed in the door. Make sure we stay close. Within at least 10 feet of each other. Alright. Um, I still have the bottle in my hand, the wine bottle, the remains of it, so I'm just kind of casually swinging it as we uh, head through the door. Right, you head through and the I'm door. Gonna, I'm going to smile at uh, at Tamara beside me, like we're just having a conversation. As you enter the tavern portion of this uh, inn, the air is still. The fires at the north and south end of the room have gone out. Uh, it is dimly lit only from the light of the chaotic sky outside the windows. Uh, Sue the bartender is nowhere to be seen. Standing at the bar, exactly where you left her, is the shadowy silhouetted figure of Threshold. It is still impossible to tell exactly what it's looking at, but you get the impression that it is watching you enter the room. All right, coming in. I'm going to look like we're heading back toward the table where we were sitting before. Tamara is following you. Only pre-dinner drink service. Interesting. Hotel. <laughs> After dinner drinks would be interesting as long as they're not disgusting. Are we going to there was nothing it? wrong with that. It tasted like candied flies. It's perfect. <laughs> well, it certainly didn't smell like that or taste like that to me. Can I tell who she is watching at the moment, specifically? Make a perception check. Okay, where is that? All right. Uh, nine plus... Nine plus four, uh, thirteen. It's enough. You get the vague impression that whatever this being is, 
it is somehow capable of giving its full attention to multiple people at a time. It is very much watching all of you. I turn around and address the cluster. Um, do you think this room is like this because we're all together like this? Or something else? Are we still hearing the music? You are. Um, make me a perception check. Um, 14. Okay, that's just enough. Uh, make me a wisdom check. A wisdom check, not a wisdom save. Correct. Uh, dirty 20. You can feel the music, and just as it was when uh, she began to play after you had come together and joined each other for the first time. It is melodious. It is uplifting and haunting. And you feel strangely resolute and buoyed by the sensation of it flying through your body. It is a vastly different sensation from the unease that the discordant music had placed inside you before. Wow. Battle music. <laughs> Well, I think I've had enough of this mind fuck. And when she says mind fuck, uh, which is the verbal component for her mind sliver, she casts mind sliver at threshold. Okay. Um, two things. One, uh, I'm going to need initiatives from everyone. <laughs> Woohoo. And two, um, uh, what is your DC for that? Oh, uh, my DC for that is 16, and it is an int saving yep. throw. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and resolve this while everyone gets me there. Uh, go ahead and post your, um, Go ahead and push poster initiatives in game night. Okay. Um, two things while we're doing that. Uh, one is with a plus 12, she managed to fail. Wow, really? <laughs> Holy shit. She rolled a two. So that's a 14. Uh, however, it dealt no damage. But the secondary effect of the mind sliver is in effect. 
right? Mm. So she takes, she subtracts 1d4 from her next saving throw before the start of my next turn. Correct. No, before the end of my next oh, turn. Yes. Okay. All right. So yes, I kick this bitch off. <laughs> <laughs> I figured if I was going to do that, at least yeah, it might give us uh, a benefit. Uh, if it if it landed, it it, it worked. Uh, but you feel that psychic damage is not the way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, can I say something to that effect? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'll allow it. I mean, you you were the uh, initiating thing, so you can say something. Yeah. Uh, she's immune psychic. Huh? <laughs> 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 Oh, not that. Okay, first up in initiative count is Tamara. All right. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, pulls out her wand. And... Okay, you better not fucking fuck up. And she's going to summon her spiritual weapon. Okay. Which is a what form does your spiritual weapon take? A little silver dragon. Oh. All right. And it's going to try to thump. Okay. Uh, you're, you're putting it right there in front of her? Oh, yeah. Okay. Roll your attack. Twelve. That is going to be a miss. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, okay, is that your turn? Uh, nope. I still have can cast Firebolt with that. Okay. It's like cast Firebolt, and it's like you. That was fucking mean. Twenty-one. That is a hit. Ba -ba -ba. Ooh, fifteen fire damage. Okay, you hit and the fire. Bolt arcs from your finger and strikes against the shadowy form of Threshold. A uh, portion of it seems to be drawn into the shadow, but she does recoil. It looks as though it was about half as effective as you would expect. Okay. All right. And you moving, or is that your turn? Uh, nope, she's staying. Staying where you are? Yeah. Okay. It is now Threshold's turn, and as you all watch, her frame shifts and twirls and expands, and color explodes out of it for a moment as an ever-shifting mass with vaguely feminine features appears, pouring over tables and chairs, features and limbs disappearing as quickly as they appear arms and legs and eyes mouths a horrific gigantic form um, and as she appears I need all of you to make a wisdom saving throw as you behold her true form 
Okay. Good. Uh, 21. That with advantage because she's got a cute bonnet on. <laughs> no, no. Um, the bonnet disappears and is replaced by a fedora. You make it with disadvantage. <laughs> uh, my 20, 24 for me. 16. Oh. Okay, let's make it easy. Did anyone roll less than a 15? Oh, yes. Okay. What'd you roll? A three. A three. All right. Mako? Uh, 21. Okay. So everyone. I up until the fedora up here. That's just. Pigram, <laughs> what did you roll? <laughs> what did Pigram roll? 19. Okay. Okay. So that's everyone except for. Okay. Tomri. Uh, unfortunately, Tomri, uh, you are momentarily struck with the horror of what you are witnessing. You are stunned. So, all right. Um, and that is her turn to reveal her true form. So, Pigram, you are up. Okay. Um, uh, how corporeal does this form look? Well, as she appeared, she smashed portion of the bar and uh, a table and chair. Okay. So, yeah, she is. It, it appears that she does have a physical form. Okay, lovely. Um, yeah, the frog, uh, kind of uh bites into the back of their hand, uh, blood spilling, um. Uh, across their chest as they activate a right. Nice. And then they are going to hop 5, 10, 15, 20. Um, and uh, they pull out their rapier. As they do, it slides across their leg and they strike. All right. And that is going to be all of that. Not one. Awesome. Oh. Yay. <laughs> Great job, little guy. All right. Uh, I got two strikes, though. So let me try that again. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> okay, uh, that one's better. 19 to hit. 19 just hits. Ooh, God. Awesome. Yeah, so as that blade strikes, there's lightning that courses from the blade and wraps around her, and there's also poison on that blade. Okay. Um, The poison does not appear to do anything extra that you can notice. Sadness. However, the lightning appears to be very effective, and the portion of the ever-flowing mass that you strike recoils slightly from the electric arc, uh, arcs coming off of your blade. Awesome. All right. Is that your turn? It is. Okay. Mako, you are up. Mako... Kind of grins a little bit, and he kind of looks to the others and smiles, and he's gonna rush forward. Five, 
10, 15, 20, 25. And he's going to do two unarmed strikes okay. against this creature. And that is, the first is... Uh, do, 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 do. Uh, 24 to hit. That hits. And then, oh, that's not going to hit. That's 11. Yeah, no, that doesn't hit. The first strike hits, but the second strike, the flesh actually seems to flow away and vanish from existence as you try and strike it. Uh, that is for do, 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 do. 10 points of non-magical bludgeoning. Okay, it actually does seem to be effective. Alrighty. Um, he'll try to disrupt the thing. He's going to try and stunning strike. Okay. Con save? Yeah, con save DC. Let me see. First time playing a monk uh, in a while. Uh, DC 16. She rolled a 28. Oh, fuck. Oh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, not that's stunned by your strike. Wait, 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 okay. wait, wait. Was that a saving throw? Ah, uh, yes. Minus ah. four. Uh, minus minus one. up to 1d4, so probably still won't she make it. You rolled a yeah. 25. Because yeah. I rolled a 3 on a d4. Okay. Um, No one's currently injured in our group, correct? Me. That's uh, Tamara is still injured. Okay. Uh, He'll spend a key point and he'll do a flurry of blows. Okay. Uh, that is uh, 20 to hit. Dirty 20. Dirty 20 does hit. For 7 points of damage. Okay. And then he's going to, as he unleashes this flurry of blows, uh, he backs up uh, with incredible speed. So I'm going to use my mobile. Feet. Oh, yes, yes. All right. No reaction. Uh, and then as a part of my second attack for my uh, Flurry of Blows, I'm going to replace it with a Hand of Healing against uh, Tamara. Cool. Okay. Uh, so that's eight points of healing to Tamara. Nice. Yeah. Way of mercy, Monk. I love this. Uh, and that'll end my turn. All right. Uh, at the end of your turn, using her first legendary action... Oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, Threshold is going to attempt to engulf Pigram. Oh, no. So the waves of chaotic flesh and a host of talons and tentacles and mouths rush towards you to attempt to consume you. I need you to make a strength saving throw. Strength. Oh Jesus. Oh no. Um I do have Sorry, I've got an advantage on strength. Nope, it's because I already switched it over my mod never mind. I think that's my hybrid form. Cool. I got a four. <laughs> Alright. You are engulfed. You take 1d6 piercing, 1d6 slashing, and 1d6 bludgeoning. Oh my gosh. All the damage. That is 7 points of damage. And you are currently grappled. Okay. I'm just going to put it right here. 
ate through all my special temporary points. All right. Tamri, you may make a con save right now. That's a 24. You are able to take your bonus action and movement. If you have a bonus action and movement, you can use them. You manage to shake off the horror of what you were seeing, partially. Oh, I'm upset about that now. Uh-huh. I have to go into a rage. As a bonus oh, no. action. All right. I get to roll a d8 to see what fuckery comes up. <laughs> <laughs> What fuckery comes up? That would be a seven. Which is... Flares and vines temporarily grow around you until your rage ends. The ground within 15 feet of you is difficult terrain for your enemies. Nice. For your enemies. Oh, God. That's not bad. (laughs) Not great. (laughs) Any worse. Not bad. But it's it's only for your enemies, so fifteen will, feet. Okay. I will pop myself there. All right, Jessica, you are up. All right. Well, uh, you know, I'm gonna have to Eldritch Blast. Eldritch blast. All right. <laughs> As you begin to unleash your spell, uh-huh. you feel your arm steadied, your pulse quickened, your vision sharpened. The music you let into your mind is buoying you forward. You make these attack rolls with advantage. Ooh. Oh, nice. Yes. Okay, nice. first one, because I get two. Uh, okay, so the first one is 17 plus 8, 25. That is a definite hit. Second one. Uh, that's a natural 20. Ooh. Well, I think that hits. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, okay, no, I thought that was another 20 on the other one. I was like, man, did I roll double 20s? Okay, so, uh, all right, so the first one is a 1d10 plus 5. So from the first one, this is force damage. Yep. So I rolled 1, so that is 6 damage on the first one. Okay. The second one. Uh, are we rolling double dice, or am I going to double the I'm one? Going to double your roll. I'm going to double the roll. Okay. Yes. So the second one, which was the twenty. Ooh, that's better. That was an eight. So double eight is sixteen plus five twenty-one. All right. Total of twenty-seven points of damage. The force damage hits, and it is effective. You see it reeling. uh, The portions of the chaotic matter are visibly scarred by the blow. So, good hit. Spit him 
out, you ugly bitch. <laughs> um, yeah. And that will be uh, the end of her turn. She is staying there. <laughs> All right. At the end of Jessica's turn, second legendary action, uh, she is going to gnaw. Ooh. So uh, she doubles down on the swirl of jaws that are around Pigram. And Pigram, I need you to make a con save. Con save. That is a 14. Okay. You made the save. Uh, you take half damage. So that is... 16 points of slashing damage. Okay. All right. It is now Tamara's turn. Okay. Okay. Um, the little dragon's going to fly up and go try to chomp again. All right. Roll the attack. Ba -ba -ba -ba. Ooh, 28. That is a hit. Or 11 force. All right. Very effective hits. Nice. And, uh... Fuck, 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 fine. Um, 5, 10, 15, 20, and it's going to reach out and smack. Shocking grasp. Okay, roll the attack. Uh, 25. That is also a hit. Nine lightning. Much as the reaction to Pigram's attack, the lightning seems to be extremely effective. Visibly recoiling and shaking. Yep, nope, uh, it'll be 25, 30 over here. <laughs> That's all right. my turn. That's fine. No reaction because of shocking yes, grass. Well done. Okay, it is now Threshold's turn. Uh, displeased at the amount of attacks coming their way, pseudopods lash out at two targets. That's going to be lashing out at Jessica and at Tamara. So, Jessica, that is a 16 to hit. Not really. Oh yeah, my armor class is, is pish. 11. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you take 14 points of bludgeoning damage. Okay, and I have a caveat on that. Okay. Uh, damage. Um, I'm going to use a pack slot for my reaction of Hellish Rebuke. Okay, that is a deck save, right? Yep. What's the DC? 16. Okay, with a plus 10, second in a row for saving throws, she rolls a 14. Okay, so, so 24. And, all right, 24 points of fire damage. He pigrums legs, oh, no, like twitching. I thought, I thought you were saying that she rolled 14, so it added 10, so no. Um, no, no, the, no, 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 
rolled a four. Okay. She rolled a four. <laughs> so, oh, okay. Uh, okay. Two uh, D ten. Let me roll the two D ten. Okay. Mine tens. Fire damage, correct? Uh. Yes, okay. it is. Uh, fire damage. I did get one ten, and the other was a five, so fifteen. Okay. Uh, you, uh, you're a warlock, right? You should cast it at high, uh, the level you have slots for, right? Yeah. Uh, so, oh, yeah. Uh, so, oh, it is yeah. more. Thank you. Damn when you it. cast a spell using a <laughs> spell slot of second level or higher, the damage increases by 1d10 for each level. Oh, so, yeah. So I need to roll... Third level slot, correct? So two more d10s. Yes, two more d10s. Okay, so that's yeah. 15 plus... Um, another five and an, another 15. Uh, yeah, 30. Okay, so Ooh, uh, nice. she does seem to be partially resistant to fire as uh, Tamara's firebolt earlier. It does seem to absorb some of that yeah. into her own being, but yeah. it does do damage. So, okay. Um, now, Tamara, you're, the attack roll against you was a 18. Yeah, okay. It's a hit? Yep. All right, and that is nine points of bludgeoning damage. Okay, and as a bonus action, she's going to perform a void pull. So Is that a spell? It is not a spell. It is a spell-like effect. Wahahaha. <laughs> It is not a spell you recognize. It's a natural ability that this creature has. Uh, that is going to be Tamri, Tamara, and Mako. All need to make uh, dexterity saving throws. All right. Uh, 24. 9. 21. All right. Uh, um, you, fail, right? I'm going to use yes. favored by the gods. Give me a second. Okay. Ooh. I recognize that ability. <laughs> <laughs> That's a four and a three. Uh, so seven. Sixteen. You pass. You sir, you're fine. DC was fifteen for this one. You all manage not to be pulled closer to this creature by a vortex of gravitational energy that she is attempting to unleash. So the green eye flashes yeah. to get that. Green eye flashes. There's a momentary shimmer of reflection from your silver uh, hair, your, your silver dragon uh, spiritual weapon. And you feel your God uh, hold you steady against the pole. Yes. So yes, you are all not pulled closer. So, Pigram, you're up. Okay. You're currently grappled. I am. Um, so you all see as the kicking legs of smooth blue skin um, start to grow fur. And... Cat <laughs> <laughs> oh! yep. plushy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they thicken a little bit as the frog form is replaced by a bear form. 
They, the, the black spots recede from their back and the white on their stomach becomes more pronounced and you can more sl- clearly see the uh, storm-shaped tattoo on their chest. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Please, please describe your token for the podcast. For the podcast, she is a Care Bear. <laughs> Pygram, it now looks like Grumpy Bear. <laughs> now you know oh, where their name right. came from. The <laughs> shift in your form breaks the grapple. I'm going Ooh. to rule that because it is the greatest thing ever to have a werebear frog. <laughs> All right. Awesome. <laughs> uh, cool. So they are going to lash out with their rapier. Well, sorry, with their claw first. Uh, there. With a 17 to hit. And unfortunately, that is a miss. He's pull around and lash out with the rapier, which is a 10. Which to is hit. unfortunately also another miss. Go back around with the bone. Nope, wait. That was the bonus action. Nope, this is a freebie. Yes? Yes? I yes. Think. Yes. Okay. And that's, that's, a, that's a 20 to hit. <laughs> that is an actual hit. Okay. Yes. Lightning! Lightning claws! Slightly confused by the change in your form and the fact that you broke her grip threshold recoils from your first two attacks before being struck by the third. So... <laughs> All right. End of turn? Yes. That was a good turn. All right. That was great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, legendary action at the end of Pigram's turn. There is a swell of power as she begins casting a spell. Counterspell. <laughs> you see you the weed. to it. <laughs> You see the weaving of tentacles, and you cast the counter spell. I'm going to need you to roll for it. Uh-huh. I rolled a 19. You got it. The spell is countered. Right. Okay. And it's like, no, no! <laughs> Mako, it is your turn. Alrighty. Uh, Mako is going to you kind of looks angrily at this creature and he's gonna run forward and he's gonna do some attacks go for it uh 23 to hit that hits uh 18 to hit that's a miss okay just roll damage ah uh that is six points of damage Okay. And I'll do a flurry of blows. And I'll spend another key point if it hits as well. I'm not going to do a stunning strike, but I'm going to do something else. Uh, That's a uh, 22 to hit. That hits. Uh, So as as Mako unleashes this flurry, the gauntlet kind of turns black. Uh, He's going to do a hand of harm. Uh, okay. 
Let's see if that works at all. Uh, let me see what that means. I forget. Uh, <laughs> when you hit a creature with an unarmed strike, you can spend one D, uh, key point to deal uh, extra 1d6 necrotic damage. So that is uh, 6 points of bludgeoning and 10 points of necrotic damage. Okay, you strike, and the necrotic energy ripples off of your palm and tears into Threshold's roiling mass. There is a moment, and then for a brief second, everyone in the room's vision goes black. Mako, I need you to make a constitution saving throw with disadvantage. Okay. Uh, oh, wow, I rolled 218, so 20. Okay, uh, you take half damage from the Sorrow of Negation ability. Oof, God. Hold on a second. No worries. That's enough dice. Oh Jesus! And that's enough. As he picks up like an entire like bucket full. <laughs> you take twenty six points of necrotic damage. Ooh, okay, that was a bad idea. Um, instead As of his. Oh, go ahead. You basically you touched a being of primal negation with negative energy, and it is amplified and blasted back into your body. Should have expected that. That was my bad. Uh, he's going to use his what would be his fourth attack to use a hand of healing on himself. Okay. And that was 26 points of damage, you said? Uh, yes. 26 points of necrotic. Oh my gosh. Ouch. Uh, I, he I rolled uh, 10 points of healing. It and, was 52 uh, necrotic. Oh my god. Be very Jesus happy. Christ. Um... Mako is then going to back up. <laughs> well, she used her reaction, so you're safe. Oh, okay. Cool. I, I am mobile anyway, so. Right. Uh, end of turn. Okay. Uh, Don't oh. use Socratic. <clears throat> yeah. Yep. All right. Tomri, you're up. Uh, I'll take a five-foot step forward. And okay. I will attack her recklessly with my halberd. Nice. Ooh, halberd. Reckless. Staying out of his range. <laughs> uh, it's a 29. That's a definite hit. Jeez. Uh, for 10 points of slashing damage. Nice. And second attack. Oh, not 20. That's a 30. Oh. Nice. Get it. Uh, for 12 points. Nice. All right. Wait. On a crit, you only got 12? Yeah, I rolled badly. Four and one. No. Oh. Oh, oh, but well, you only roll one, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah so... Just double uh, it. 15, then. All right, there we go. That's better. Heck yeah, every point counts. Oh, yes. 
All right. Excellent. So, uh, Tamri, at the end of your turn, she's going to recoil in on herself, and her entire surface turns jet black, and she pulses out, and for a moment, all the colors in the room seem to be like a negative of themselves. Uh, I need like a root. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> I need everyone to make an intelligence saving throw. Oh, boy. Okay. Ooh, 17. Well. 18. 16. I need to roll mine. I was just going to check and see if uh, my magic item had any effect on that. I'm not doing good on uh, saves tonight. Seven. Um, what is that? Okay, it's 11 plus 3. I only got a 14. All right. So, Tomri and Jessica, you have no movement or reactions. Oh, okay. All right. Next up is Jessica. Uh, okay. Well, Eldritch Blast. All right. You roll these with advantage still. Yay! <laughs> Just about to ask that. Uh, top one is a 13 plus I think it's plus 8 let me get to my spells uh, yeah 13 plus 8 so that is a 21 that's a hit and the second one is an 18 nope yeah that's a 15 18 plus 8 so yeah 26 that's a hit. Okay, so I need... Uh, right. So, yeah. 2d10 plus 10. Uh, a 3 and an 8. So that's 11 plus 5. No, plus 10. Because they're plus 5 each. Nice. 21. All right. Good. Another good hit. Right. Force so any, damage. Uh, any bonus action? Uh, no, I'm... I... So we need her to stay together. Yeah, no bonus action. I'm going to stick where I am. Okay. All right, top of the round, Tamara. Well, little baby dragon. Little baby dragon. Chomp, chomp, chomp. Little baby dragon on her ass. <laughs> little baby dragon got a dirty 20. That is a hit. That is... Eight. Force damage. All right. And Tamara's going to step up and go pat the frog, bear, and cast cure wounds. There you go. Um, pat. you have gloves on? Yes. Okay. So Good. 17. And go, nope, back here. <laughs> Thanks. All right. 
uh, end of turn? Yep. All right. And that is Threshold's turn. Now, Threshold is going to roll forward and attempt to engulf Tamri and Pigram. Strength saving throws, please. This time it's with advantage. Uh, same here. Yep. Oh. That is an 11. Fucking hell. Frog's <laughs> oh, I, I, strong, okay? I totally beat the hell out of that. I got 13. Oh. <laughs> okay. Um, pretty awesome, huh? That's All a right. plus eight on that as well. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Mine's a plus zero. <laughs> so, uh, you guys are engulfed. Um, all right, let's roll this. You're both grappled, uh, and you both take uh, 14 points of combination bludgeoning, slashing, and piercing damage. I've got resistance to all that shit now. You both do, because uh, Tamri's <laughs> raging. So, seven points of damage each. Booyah! I've also got resistance to force and necrotic. Which nice. is pretty badass. Um, okay. Alright. So that uh, was, uh, sorry, seven? Seven, yeah. 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 And Pigram, you are up. Alright. We're going to uh, do some more clawing. Okay. Ten does not do anything. Rapier. Funny. That's it. Yes. All right. Eleven. Got that lightning on there too. And then the last okay. little freebie. Eleven Ooh. to hit. Mm, not having yeah. good luck. No, but uh the the second hit did hit. Um and I will say that those watching the movement and generation of new body parts is slowing. So it appears as though the damage you are doing is significant. Nice. I just gotta roll better. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. I can't All move. Yeah, yeah. All right. At the end of Pigram's turn, she is going to use her legendary action to gnaw. Nom, nom, nom. So, con saves from Pigram and Tomri. Oh, it was a 20 until it's flipped over to the two. That is a six. <laughs> 15. All right, uh, so that is 20 points of slashing damage Ooh. reduced to five for uh, Tomri and 10 for Pigram. Mako, you are up. Alrighty, Mako is going to run forward, kind of get into melee with this creature. He's going to, he looks like he's going to punch and hesitates and actually kind of traces his fingers around a belt around his waist 
as it kind of oh. crackles with lightning. Uh, he's going to use his action to use his dragon hide belt to regain some key points. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. So I get to roll a d6 and regain an uh, equal, uh, amount of key points equal to the roll. I rolled a three, so I gained three more key points, and then he's gonna use. Mm, no, he's gonna he's gonna stay there. He's just he's just gonna stay where he is. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, end of turn. turn. All right. The end of that turn. Um, she is going to attempt to engulf Mako. Mako, make a strength saving throw, please. No worries. Uh, 22. All right, you resist. You are not engulfed. Tomri. Uh, I'm engulfed. I can't see anything. You can see, but you are surrounded by constantly gnawing and snapping teeth <laughs> and claws, and you're grappled. It's like um, tendrils of limbs and half-formed appendages are constantly attacking you. Can I take a blessing of the Raven Queen and teleport up to 30 feet to an unoccupied space I can see? You absolutely can. Yes. Like, ooh, right onto that chair. <laughs> no, yeah, that'll do. Nice. Uh, I now have resistance to all damage. Nice. Until the oh. end of my next turn. That's pretty badass. I'll take a little whack at her. Go for it. Uh, That's why I love Shatterkai. It's it's such a it's such an interesting race. Uh, that was a twenty-two hit. That hits. Oh, that's a maximum seventeen. Nice. And second attack is only a 13. Sorry, second attack mix. However, as you are lashing out with your halberd and slashing away the limbs, she recoils enough. You have done enough damage that Pigram is freed from his grapple. Plop on the ground. <laughs> All right, Jessica, you are hey, up. Care bear. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I am gonna keep uh, pelting at her with yeah. the Elgis blast. Eldritch okay. blast. Do I still have advantage? Uh, unfortunately, this turn I rolled a two on the d4. You do not have advantage anymore. Oh, damn. Okay. Good while it lasted. Yeah, so two Eldritch Blasts. We'll see what happens. Um, okay, that is a 16 plus 8, so that's a 24. That definitely hits. Oh, I thought that was an 8, but that's actually an 18. 18 plus 8, so that's 26. That's definite hit. Uh, so that is 2d10 plus 10. Uh, yeah, not as good this time. That's just... Oh, wait. Yeah, 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 that is a three. Okay, so that's five plus ten. Fifteen. A fifteen damage. Nice. Of course. All right. 
Very nice. Very, very nice. Okay. That uh that's your go? Um Yeah, I'm gonna save I'm gonna save that. Yep. Okay. Still lost. Tamara, go ahead. It's your turn. Tiny little dragon bite. Oh, okay. that's a nat 20. Nice. I accept your nat 20. Please roll your damage. Okay. 15 force damage. All right. And your action? She kind of wiggles on her feet. Okay, okay. So 5, 10, 15. And I'm going to try slapping it. Go ahead. All right. Um, Eighteen. Okay. The keening sounds and squirming of the creature have taken on a desperate flare. That this hit. Feels- Yes, it did hit. Oh, okay. What? Eight, oh, you rolled rolled an eighteen. I'm so sorry. I, I rolled an eighteen to hit. No, that's a miss. Okay. Nope. Yeah, I think it's a nineteen. Nineteen AC. Yeah. yeah. I thought like... you said eight damage. So. No. No. No, not quite. <laughs> not quite uh, at death's door yet. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, so that's a miss. Are you staying there? Nope, she's not. So. Okay, uh, she is going to use her reaction to lash out um, uh, with a set of pseudopods at you. A uh, 26 to hit. That hits. Okay, that's nine points of bludgeoning damage. Okay. That's it. That's it. All right, out of there. Back to where she was. It is now Threshold's turn. And she is beginning to look a bit desperate, a bit angry. She folds in on herself briefly and explodes outward. Um, So that is going to be... Attack against Pigram first. The 19 to hit. Yep. Okay. And then Mako is a 22 to hit. Yep. Okay. Tomri is a 19 to hit. Ah. I'm on a class 19, so yeah. Oof, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, the three of you take 16 points of bludgeoning damage and nine points of necrotic damage. That's not bad for Tamri, because Tamri takes half that and none of the necrotic. <laughs> no, no you don't take anything, because you said that you were... He's he's resistant to all damage. Uh, Mako goes unconscious. Ooh. Sorry, can you give me the numbers again? Uh, It is 16 and 9. 
Um, is Mako okay? So Mako's unconscious, fifteen feet away. Uh, he's only they've like been holding a weapon ten feet away from you. Oh, that part is fine. Is, is Mako, Mako holding, holding weapons a weapon or just yeah? Uh, Mako doesn't have. He's not wielding one, but he does have uh, a short sword at his at his side. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna use you. because <laughs> uh, I have shield. blood curse of the fallen puppet. Oh, shit. <laughs> I've been waiting for someone to fall. <laughs> so what do uh, I do? I roll an attack. I, uh, hold on. I'm. Actually, I'm gonna guess that you don't do a lot of damage with your sword, which is why you haven't been using it. And I'm really I low. do. Uh, yeah, it's a monk weapon. Yeah, anything. yeah. I'm not gonna say anything, but yeah. Yeah, you haven't been using. You've been you've been using your fists. Uh, I'll. Yeah, I'll hold off. I don't think we have enough healers to handle both of us going down. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So. Um... Yeah. Uh Pigram, you're up. Okay. Um well I can't do anything about your fallen body, so uh they're going to go one, two, three. Four wait, one, two, three, four, five. Uh and continue to claw and slash. Uh, 17 to hit. That's a miss. 24 to hit. That's a hit. Go rapier. That is 17 damage. Six of that being the lightning. Oh, yes. Then one more slash for good measure. Uh, 27 to hit. Another nine damage. That's a hit. Uh, very important. How much of that was lightning? Two. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Good to know. All right. Does that end your turn? That does. Mako, please make me a death saving throw. All right, sure. Good, sir. Uh, 18. All right. You have one successful death save. Alrighty. At the end of your turn, you are struck by a pseudopod. Shit. And have two failed death saves. Okay. Tomri, you're up. Uh... Obscure him. And I'll attack recklessly. Nice. Roll it. Roll, 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 roll. 21 to hit. That's a hit. And 10 points of damage. Second attack. 
It was enough. Oh, cool. Well, can I take the second attack anyway? Sure. <laughs> Go for it. 24. 24. That also hits. Eight nice. points of slashing damage. Fuck your death saves. <laughs> All right. So, um, as you have slashed down, standing in front of your fallen comrade, you slash down with your halberd through the center of the shifting and coiling mass. It keens as it struggles to get away from you. And then there is a swell of the music as your blade strikes true. And the creature is no more. Instead, a tiny... Oh, come on now. Get out there. No, a yellow a small, <laughs> a smaller figure uh, of the shadowy silhouette you had seen before collapsed next to the bar is cursing in a myriad of languages and desperately trying to crawl away. Oh, no, you at, don't. As another figure appears standing beside you, Tomri. The pianist has joined you and is watching curiously. Are All we still right. in initiative? We are. Tomri, uh, does that end your turn? Uh, it does. Jessica, you're up. Oh, no, you don't. Uh, yeah, she's uh, Eldritch Blast. Totally. Okay. Um, and she's going to hum this melody that she was hearing before and use it as part of the verbal component of this Eldritch Blast. Okay, I would like you to make a charisma check. Okay. Because that's your spellcasting ability. Yep, um, that is a 17. All right. As you hum, you can see the figure of the pianist standing next to Tomri. Her fingers twitch, and you recognize the pattern of the melody that has been flowing through you that you've been humming is what she is playing, is what is mimicked in the music that swells all around you. And there's a nod from her, and... Your force is pulled through the air to wrap around her fingers. A bit of blood from the fallen Mako is lifted into the air to wrap around her fingers. Waves of force coming off of the shaking and raging Tomri seems to gather. Lightning from Pig... Uh, Pigram and Tamara both wrap around and she molds and shapes it as though playing an instrument into a chain, crackling with lightning and force and raw anger and the blood of healing and sacrifice. And she casually walks over 
and binds the hands of the threshold's silhouette figure. I guess I'm not going to fire my Elder's Blast at her. <laughs> you did. Oh, I she, did, but yeah, through that. It okay. got caught. Yep. Uh, she walks back over to Tomri. She puts a hand on his shoulder. She walks back over to Mako. She kicks him in the side, and he wakes up with one hit point. <laughs> Ow. And then she walks over to the piano. Epitome walks through the door, and we're out of initiative. I'm going to walk up to over to the table with Mako. Gather. Just give me a sec. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Hey. And, and scoots around hey. you, and I'm going to use sorcery points for this. I'm going to twin my last third level for Cure Wounds on myself and Mako. Okay. Move. For 17. Nice. Each. Mako stands after being healed. Thank you. Mm -hmm. He looks to Jessica. All right. Where are we going? You hear Epitome's voice. Out the door would be my suggestion. Everyone, come. And she's going to oh, reach yeah. her hand out for uh, Pam. For Tamara. And, yeah. Encourage everyone. She's going to, yeah, peek out the door and look down the hallway. What do the doors look like? It is, instead of the double doors that you found yourselves looking at when you first arrived, there's a blank wall with a set of five golden doors identical to the ones you walked through to get here. Um, I'm going to look back. I don't think we need to know which doors ours. Excuse me. Does it matter which door we go through? Epitome shrugs. It didn't matter which door you came through. Good point. Uh, ladies, thanks so much. This was a uh, interesting encounter. Uh, have a good life. And she is bolting for the fucking door. As you leave, the music <laughs> stops. And as you each approach the doors, you each hear briefly in your mind the voice of the pianist. We'll dance again. Uh, before Tamara passes um, Epitome, she presses a wooden dolphin into her hands and then bolts. And as you leave the door, you see a momentary childlike joy in the face of the broken woman. Well, 
it's been a pleasure. If we do not, if our paths do not cross again, uh, we did a good thing. She's gonna say one word. She's not gonna say where she's from. She's gonna say Feywild, and she's gonna go through a door. <laughs> she's getting the fuck out of here. Crazy place. <laughs> and as you pass beyond the doors, you each feel somehow strengthened by a connection to something you don't quite understand, but that connected to you, and I list all the same, you find yourselves returned not to the places you left, but to a safe place each of you knows, a place of memory, of joy, perhaps of old sorrow, but chief in your hearts, a safe and beautiful place in a memory you hold dear in your home worlds. And these brave souls each receive a level, first of all. Yay! However, it is different <laughs> for each of them. Oh. For Miss Jessica, she is touched forever by a force outside of the creation that she understood. And she is gifted with a level in aberrant mind sorcery. Ooh. Ooh. For Tamara the sorcerer, for Pigram the blood hunter, for Mako the monk and Tomri the barbarian, regardless of their charisma scores, they unfortunately are all now one level of warlock. <laughs> I thought so. As they have been touched by the revival uh, song. Is it uh, any type of warlock or just is there a specific? It type? is the homebrew patron, the reviled song. Ooh. Of mine, which I will provide details for if we ever decide to return to these characters, they will all be touched and claimed by the pianist. You just need to make it as a homebrew in D&D. I'm half, I'm half yeah. done with it on D&D Beyond. Yeah. I've got the first three levels of I stuff. I think my good. Get an aberrant <laughs> mind sorcerer. Okay. Yep. Yeah, if, if you can Solid. figure out how to overcome the requirement for charisma to multi-class yeah. it? What, it? what I might do is <laughs> I might, uh, as a part of it, uh, the your charisma scores will be raised to the minimum of 13 if you don't oh, know. Yeah, that might be or, Lexus or, Frog. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's the easiest thing. <laughs> yeah, do it. But yeah, I so know. if we ever play this again, you'll be you'll have the reviled song, which is It'd amazing. be interesting if we somehow yeah. end up this group ends up getting so pulled back together for something. We will say goodnight. Thank yes. you, delicious friends, for joining me. That um, was a lovely interlude. Yeah, yeah, that was great. And we'll return Thank next you. week. We'll return next week with uh, campaign two. Yeah. Good night.